The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Hewitt. In this episode, we've got Cass D'Amico, influencer and co-founder of the jewelry line Forium. Her Instagram feed is so inspiring and her pieces have been worn by some of your favorite celebrities. Cass shares her tips for aspiring influencers, how to get reposted on Instagram, and the first steps in starting a jewelry brand. Cass, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm so excited to be on. I'm so excited. So we actually met, Was I don't know if it was two years ago now, on a Revolve trip. Yes. It was yes. two summers ago. And I just remember, I, I had never met you before. And I was just like, wow, her style's so cool. She's so fit. Like, who is this girl? And it's funny on Revolve so trips because I think people think like you all hang out with each other. But unless you like actually like, speak to other people, you can be on the same trip with people and like not even really get to know them. So I was like looking at your Instagram and I was like, she's so cool. And that's how I started following you. Amazing. Yeah. And I have to give you props that you've always been so beyond supportive and just so genuine, which I don't think is that common in the space. Like you've always just been so kind and supportive and nice and like always willing to help, which I think is so important in this industry. Thank you. Well, that's really why I wanted to start this podcast because I feel like I have such a great network of friends and like I love to help other people. And so hopefully in this episode today, people will leave with a little bit more help for whatever it is they're trying to do. So first I want to talk about you being an influencer and then you turned business owner because I think there's a lot of people who either want to do one or the other. So before you started your career as an influencer, you were working as a buyer? Yes. Started my career off in fashion. I was a buyer. Being a buyer was like my dream job. I never would have imagined that I would have like steered in another direction. I basically started to blog and have like an online presence because I saw that that's where the industry was going as a whole. And I really wanted to kind of have like a digital resume for myself because my dream was to buy, it was to be a buyer for like Revolve or Shop Up or, you know, these really cool online retailers. And I felt like just having a resume and potentially trying to get that job down the line wouldn't cut it. I wanted a way to kind of like show my personal style show my personal taste. So that's kind of how I started getting into blogging just as like addition to what I was doing with my career. And then in your career, did you think about like a certain platform first at that time when you wanted to build your digital resume? So when I started blogging, I believe Instagram already had started. So I had started my Instagram and my blog at the same time. And what year was that? I think, I don't even know. I think it was like 2000. 10, 2011. Oh my gosh, wow. So it was like very beginning. Yes, very beginning, but it was always something I was doing way on the side. I really wasn't putting too much effort into it. It was kind of just like a place that held my outfits so that I could hopefully like build my resume up. So we both did the same thing where we had a full-time job and then we were, you know, creating content on the side. What's your best advice for somebody who does have a full-time job right now, but is hoping to build a social following or Instagram presence? You just have to work hard and unfortunately make some sacrifices. But if you feel like it's worth it, then it is worth it. I feel like I had no social life. I was shooting outfits all day long on Saturdays and Sundays and waking up early before work some days. I feel like it just takes a little bit of sacrifice, but you you can do it. And as long as you're just working hard and 
knowing that there's like an end in sight that you won't have to be balancing it forever. Absolutely. Because when I was working, I would work during the week. And then what I would do is I would create the content on weekends. So my weekends, I didn't really have weekends because I was shooting all weekend. But then during the week, I actually had stuff to post. And that was really the only way for a long time until I could transition into doing you know influencer stuff full time, which I feel like when we both started, it was so long ago. I don't even know either of us. I didn't know being an influencer could be a full-time job. Never would have expected myself to do it full-time. Time, I really didn't think that you needed to do it full time. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a buyer and I'll also be a blogger and I'll just do both. I really didn't know the extent that how much work it is to be mm-hmm. a blogger. And then at what point could you then, you know, be an influencer full time? Or what was like the turning point for you? Gone invited to a bunch of trips and it got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to sit at my desk job and not go to this really cool trip to London because I can't go. Mm-hmm. So there started to be a point where I actually was making a fair amount of money blogging. I had a few, I think I had only two contracts in place that were longer term contracts. So I quit my job in 2017 and I was able to do it full time and just like take the leap. Amazing. And then at that point, did you have management or were you negotiating like all of your incoming offers yourself? I was doing everything myself for a while. I I really wanted to have those relationships with brands on my own, which I think is so important. Sometimes brands do want to be able to talk to you directly. And I, I really do think that a tip that I used to think was that, oh, in order to get to the next level, I need a manager. And a manager is definitely amazing for your business, but you shouldn't ever feel like you're being held back because you don't have management. You have to get yourself to the next level and then the management will help you take like a load off what you're already doing. And then if you are an influencer and you're trying to get work at the beginning and you don't have management yet, what's the best way that you found brands were reaching out to you? Like I think for me at the beginning, brands would just find me on Instagram and they would DM me or I had my email address and my profile and they would reach out. But is it like tagging brands or do you ever like message or DM brands yourself? Yeah. I remember in the beginning, I would reach out for just for gifting to so many brands. I would be at work and I would just be like emailing for blogging, gifting to just start that relationship off. And then I always think that the way to get noticed is to organically talk about a brand and show your love for them. I think that's something that was true in the way beginning and something that's still true to today. A hundred percent, because now that we're both also brand owners, in addition to being influencers, I feel like it makes us better influencers as well, because you see what you look for as a brand. So for us, we see every tag and comment. We see when people are genuinely purchasing. And then like a tip I have, if you want to get reposted by brands is if you love a brand, buy their product, go to their feed, see how they shoot their content, shoot it the same. Everyone needs content to repost. And then likely you'll kind of get on the brand's radar is probably how it works for you with Orium. We do something where we do Friday feature where we're reposting customers and up and coming influencers on our stories. So if you're just tagging us and showing that you love our brand and buying from us organically, then we'll be reposting you. I love that. And then where do you get your own inspiration from on social? Because I love your content and I'm always saving them as inspiration, especially like when you went on a trip. I think you went to Wyoming and I was like, wow, I need to go to the middle of America right now (laughs) and stand in a field because the pics are just, they're so good. It's so funny. I I mean, sometimes you kind of have to just like go with the flow. And if I'm on a trip, I don't usually have inspo prepared. I kind of just am myself and I 
do what I think will look cool. If it's an amazing background, obviously that makes it a little bit easier. But in terms of inspiration, I love to go on Pinterest. I go on Tumblr. I also like to save a lot of luxury campaigns. Like, so the imagery from other brands that they're, you know, putting on a full on production can sometimes be inspiring as something that like you can recreate yourself. Oh, I love that. That's such a great idea. And then you said you have Pinterest. So I know you're on Instagram, blog, YouTube, Pinterest. How do you manage all of the socials? And then which platform do you really spend your most time on? So Instagram has always been my main platform. And now I kind of like am dabbling in YouTube and dabbling in the blog. Like I do think that there's certain subjects trying to speak to on Instagram that maybe Instagram isn't the best format to talk about them. So then I use these other platforms to kind of just like help in addition to my main Instagram platform. Yeah. I think like certain things work on certain platforms and that's definitely like why I try to like diversify like what I put on each thing. So it's really like unique to there, especially like with shopping. I feel like blogs are like the best place because you can link so many things. Like I saw your holiday gift guide and I'm like, great. I can click through like all these different categories. Then even just with YouTube, I think it's hard to grow a YouTube following, but certain things just make sense on YouTube. Like my apartment tour lives on YouTube and when I go to get married, that will be on my YouTube. Like I think certain things are great for specific platforms. Are you still planning on getting married in Marrakesh? Because I know you had to move it this year because of COVID. <laughs> yes, it's supposed to be in June now. Fingers crossed with the, if the vaccine happens, everything will still be happening. At this point, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I hope it happens, but not getting my hopes up too much. It's going to be so beautiful. I can't wait to see. And then I wanted to ask last question about influencer stuff is, do you shoot all of your content on iPhone? And what are some of your favorite editing apps? I do shoot a lot of my content on a stand. So I use like a, like a stick with a iPhone attachment to it. And I sometimes like walk around and carry that thing with me everywhere. And I will shoot my photos with a stand. I personally think that if you don't have someone to help you take photos, there's no excuse. Grab your stands. Sometimes I prefer it because then you can kind of frame your photo exactly how you want it. And sometimes I just like am not afraid to be more like silly in myself and when it's just me by myself. Mm -hmm. So that's a great tip. And then also for editing apps, I'm a big fan of Lightroom. I just kind of like adjust my photos in Lightroom. I use Facetune sometimes to like brighten and darken certain areas and like, you know, smooth out skin and things like that. And then I also use the Teza app has like amazing grain. I love using her film filter. And I know you have a filter on there too. Yours, that one is so good. It's so good. And I just love the Teza app. So if you guys want to download it. I love it because you can also use the same filters for video. And then if you want a cohesive feed, of course, you still have to like adjust per picture, but you can copy the edits from a photo or a filter and then paste them on multiple images. So everything kind of looks the same, which is, I think, such a genius feature. Yeah. You can do that in Lightroom too. I use that for Lightroom when I'm doing like a carousel. You now transition from being an influencer to also a brand co-founder of Orium. I love your jewelry. The pieces are so incredible. You co-founded this company with your fiance? Yes. Yes. How's it going working together? Interesting dynamic. No, I mean, it was always a dream of mine for us to kind of like put our two different skill sets together. He has a finance background. I have a fashion background. So like polar opposites of the spectrum. But I feel like we kind of the two of us together make kind of like a dream team. So it's Mm -hmm. been amazing. I do love working with him. (laughs) 
How did you know that it was time to start a brand? And did you know when you wanted to start a brand that it was going to be jewelry or did you want fashion or were you just trying to like pick a category? I always knew like basically for years that I was going to be starting some sort of brand in fashion. And I was kind of like keeping my eye out for something that I felt was a hole in the market. And then jewelry came into play where I felt like there was just this big hole in the market of what was missing. And I felt like there wasn't a brand that was capturing something that was similar to my aesthetic and this kind of like more high fashion feel at a little bit more of an affordable price point. The pieces are so good. And I feel like since you've launched like Dina on so many incredible like celebrities and people, who's been one of your favorite celebs so far that's worn it? Probably Hailey Bieber was like a big one for me just because I love her style. Her style is so good. Oh yeah, it's so good. And when we got on Bella, that was in like our first month of launching. Oh so my god! I was like, I I had no idea. She like threw it on herself somehow when in when she was like out and about in Paris, and then I I saw a photo and I was like, what? oh my god! <laughs> and I was like freaking out. I would too because the two of them are just like so cool. How do you get celebrity placements? So for us in the beginning, it was really organic in terms of for like Emrata, her stylist reached out to us, Bella's stylist reached out to us. So it was pretty organic in that sense. So I definitely recommend just trying to get in touch with all of these girls' stylists. But at the end of the day, I do think like product is king. Like even if you hire a PR agency to gift these girls, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to wear it. So Mm -hmm. you really have to keep in mind their style. Like Hailey Bieber is definitely someone whose style is really like inspirational to me. So she's definitely someone I think about when I'm like coming up with new designs. So it was pretty natural for her to like throw one of our pieces on because it totally fits into her style. Mm -hmm. And then when you first started the brand, like I would have no idea where to begin. What is even the first step or how do you go about designing pieces? So I feel like for jewelry specifically, the first step is that you want to figure out what price point you're going to be in, like what materials you're going to be using. Are you trying to do fine jewelry or demo fine, or you want to do more fashion jewelry. And then from there, you kind of can just design a small collection. It doesn't have to be a lot of pieces. It could even just be five designs. And then then your next step is to look for a manufacturer to produce your designs and testing out different manufacturers, seeing their quality, see how well they're, you know, how well they respond to you if they're fast and like, you know, someone you would want to be in business with and make sure that they're really understanding your designs and translating them into the pieces and the samples. And how do you go about finding manufacturers? Is Google like your best resource? Yeah, we had Google and then kind of just like doing a lot, a lot, a lot of research. And then obviously you can look things up online, but you really have to just start getting samples and comparing them that way. And like, wearing them and seeing who has the best quality. And then you were living in New York and now you are moving to Florida. You have moved to Florida. So I think now, especially this year, we've learned that you don't have to be in a big city to start a business or brand. You can really be anywhere. One of our manufacturers is in LA. Like I don't think it necessarily matters where you live. I love that now. How is Florida going so far? It's so nice. It's so different, but it's so nice. I love it so much. I love all the beach pictures. Where do you find inspiration when you're designing jewelry? So I know you said you like like high fashion like images and you think about pieces that you actually want to wear. Yeah. So I mean, I'm our customer and my following and Orium's following is our customer. And we definitely try to get their input on what they're looking for. I wear Orium every day. I'm switching up which pieces I'm wearing. I kind of think about 
like which pieces do I feel like are missing from the collection. I do a lot of trend forecasting. That's something that I'm really passionate about in general is just trying to make sure I'm always ahead of what the next trends are going to be. A lot of the jewelry is also inspired from like vintage pieces. A lot of my mom's collection has really been a big inspiration for a lot of the pieces too. I love that. What piece is your like staple that you wear most days? I would say the Thea. I think you have that one or you have the bracelet. I feel like I have most. I feel like I have yeah. most of them. And what I love about them too is like, they're just so recognizable. Like when I see one of your pieces, I know it. And then it's also just so photogenic. And so even if I'm not wearing it, I love styling it in like flat lays with like product shots or on my sink and my nightstands. Like it just looks so good. And I think your eye for being an influencer and like knowing how to shoot content on social when you're designing jewelry, you just get it. Our brand is pretty niche in the sense that we are just very statement. You know, I, we don't really have too many dainty pieces. And kind of the inspiration behind it was that you can wear a pair of sweats and a t-shirt or jeans and a t-shirt, and then you throw on Orium and you just like instantly feel much more elevated, like cool girl on trends. So that's why I love the Thea. She's like our biggest piece. And I just, I'm always in like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt these days. I, and I just throw Same. that on and I instantly feel like, okay, I look so put together now. <laughs> yeah. It always looks so good with like tanks and tees and stuff. And on social, I feel like your line does stand out so much. How did you make Orium stand out in a crowded space? Cause I feel like there's so many jewelry brands online. Yeah, of course. So our first collection was just gold. So we stuck to 24 karat gold plated. So 24 karat is like the richest hue of gold that you can plate gold jewelry in. So that's kind of why our pieces really sparkle and really stand out. And especially in photos, I can like spot Orium right away because of the way that it shines. That has really helped differentiate us because most brands actually don't use 24 karat gold. They're usually more of like a muted gold color. And we also just started as like a very specific like chain brand, basically. I wanted people to think of quality, amazing piece chains and think of Orium and just kind of like niche down on exactly what we were bringing. And I think that we definitely have one of the best chains out there. And that's They're like so still good. our core business. Since starting the brand, what have been some of like the biggest challenges that you face and like, how did you overcome them? Because I feel like there's so much beyond like what you see on Instagram, which is like the highlights of like how great everything's going, but there's definitely hard days of being business owners. Oh yes, of course. So something that's been like a struggle for us has been how many collections we should be coming out with. So we've launched six collections in about a year, which is kind of a lot. And as you know, when you have a new collection launch or new product launch, there's a lot of money that you put in behind to creating the campaign and you know all the product imagery. We love coming out with new pieces because that's what helps like really put a lot of buzz around our brand. But at the same time, it's not that cost effective to constantly be coming out with new products and like making such a big deal around the launch and campaign. So that's kind of been a struggle for us. It's like, should we just keep pushing our core products or should we keep coming out with new things? Like I know for you guys, it's summer Fridays, you 
really had a focus on jet lag for a while, right? It was like a year. Yeah, it really helps to be focused at the beginning because you have to think we're two and a half years in now and there's still people who haven't tried jet lag mask. There's a lot of people who have, but there's still like a whole world of people out there who haven't even tried our first one yet. And then I think with each new product, newness is great because some people want new things, but there is like some cannibalization with your core products when a new one comes out because then people are just focused on the new. So it's definitely a balance, but you're a business. So you have to come out with new things too. And like, when you think about newness versus core, it's a financial thing too. So like you said, it's expensive to come out with new things and you don't always know what's going to work. So it's a balance of like, do we just keep selling our best sellers and making more of them? Or do we innovate and create more new things. And I know you talked about how expensive it is. You guys are self-funded, right? Yeah, we're self-funded and we just kind of try not to take much money out of the company. We just kind of re keep re reinvesting. I think it's the best way too. And then I think if you're starting a business too, it is expensive to start, but depending on like the quantities of things you order, you can order lower quantities depending on, you know, who you manufacture with. So the cost can be less at the beginning. So it's not as huge of a risk. It's definitely a risk to start a business, but I think with lower quantities, you don't have to worry about having like dead stock or inventory that you can't sell. Yeah, exactly. And then you can kind of let the customer decide on like which pieces are their favorite and the best sellers and and then order you know, more. more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when starting Orium, did you have any fears of starting the company? I have to say, I really didn't. And I know that sounds like you probably might not believe me, but I think that it's so important. So obviously it's stressful, but I think at your core, you just really have to believe in yourself. I try to really concentrate on like my mindset as an entrepreneur. That's something that I put a lot of focus into and making sure that I'm constantly like staying positive and believing in myself. And I try to never like have a doubt that Orium would fail. So it wasn't scary to me because I was like, there is no way this will fail. I'm not going to let it fail. I love the confidence. I wouldn't say that I'm the most confident person in the world, but when it comes to business, I'm, I am very confident in myself and you, you have to be and not, I think that fear is what makes people really hesitate sometimes to even start. So you have to just try to get over that and be confident and be confident in yourself and what you're doing. Agree. I totally think you can have that fear and do things anyway because you can do it, but just don't let it hold you back. And then you should be your own biggest cheerleader because if you don't believe in yourself, why should anybody else? And so I'm always like trying to be very confident in the things that I do because I feel like people can feel that energy of it. And so I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. The brand is amazing. Everyone needs to follow you because I love your content. I love the brand. Where can people buy Orium? Uh, thank you. It's spelled A-U-R-E-U-M collective.com is where you can buy Orium. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. 